Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today I'm very pleased and excited to be with a well-renowned retailer from Canada. It's called La Vie and Rose, and I'm with their VP of International, Alex Caruso. Alex, thanks again for taking the time to be with me today. My pleasure, Ryan. Alex, I always just like to start so, you know, my guests can give brief background about themselves. Can you briefly describe yourselves and maybe how you came about into this lovely industry called fashion? So I, I graduated from university and after I went into the ex very exciting field of banking and after two years and a bit of a depression, I said, I can't, I, I can't envision myself doing this for, I don't know, X number of years. So I, I went on a you know, pretty big search for what I really wanted out of a career. And I ended up interviewing at Aldo, um, Aldo Shoes, yeah. another legendary Montreal retailer. And I was hired by Aldo in their, their planning department. Planning essentially is ensuring that you have enough stock in order to, to make sales um, for coming seasons and that take actions on stock that's in store. And what it does is it provides you with such a fundamental understanding of the retail business. And it just really turned on my hunger to understand everything about retail. And at that point in time, Aldo was expanding extremely rapidly on the international scene. And that led me to join their business development team, which the primary focus of the biz dev team was to open stores and sign partnership agreements with third parties throughout the world. And uh, we did phenomenal work at Aldo. We opened tons of stores. It was you know, one of the best experiences of my life. And then um, I got an opportunity to move to Levion Rose. Um, I was approached by some of the executives there to, to come on board. I saw it as an opportunity to leave my fingerprints on the international expansion for another brand. Already international, but footprint was necessarily very large. And it was a phenomenal um, career change. You know, I've, I've been working um, for Francois Robert, the CEO of Le Villaros, for the last, now it's going to be 10 years in July. And it's well, congrats. Been, you know, yes, thank you. Thank you. And it's been, a, it's, a, it's been a tremendous experience. You know, when I look back to where we were as a brand when I got there and where we've taken strides since then and grown to become one of the strongest retailers in Canada, It's, it's been an exceptional ride. Do you miss banking at all? I doubt it. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't try reapplying to banks uh, ever. For me, uh, you know, I, I would uh, consider myself to be somewhat entrepreneurial. So once I got into the biz dev roles, you know, dealing with uh, international companies and like, you know, in a fast paced environment that's always changing, a lot of problem solving, a lot of partner relationships, skills that I'm excellent at. Those were the things that I excelled in. What, Alex, I think what's interesting is that you joined Levy and Rose 10 years ago, and Levy and Rose has expanded really much in the, from there, because now I think you're, involved, you're in 16 different countries. Correct me if I'm wrong, but can you give an example of who is Levy and Rose to someone who doesn't know about what they are? We're a proud Montreal, Quebec-based business that offers a complete assortment of carefully selected intimates that create a profound feeling of comfort inside and out. 95% of our workforce, 70% of our executive staff are all women. 
Um, we believe that each woman is, you know, unique along with her definition of beauty and that attention to details is the difference between good and great. How, how many locations do you guys have again, uh, you know, worldwide? So worldwide, we have 300 locations, um, 16 countries outside of Canada, um, wow. mostly in the Middle East and North Africa. We've been uh, on an aggressive expansion since, uh, you know, for the last 10 years of building our presence in the region. It's been an extremely good business for us. I think that having these stores internationally made us more cognizant of the competition from a global perspective, you know, and not just understand that, you know, we are competing against brands that are operating in Canada. We're competing against brands around the world because eventually, you know, whether or not they are in our market today, they'll possibly probably be in our market tomorrow either you know an online presence or physical stores you know we'll be competing with these people one day so i think it made us more conscious of what's going on from a global perspective and that's made us very resilient and very ready to take on the competition in canada as well as globally but it, it does make me want to address my next question to you is because you know i don't think and you could correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think you guys closed any stores um throughout the pan- pandemic. No. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's um, very rare. And so h- how are you guys succeeding in retail, but also including Omni? Because many retailers, they're closing stores throughout and while you guys are also expanding retail. There's a few elements here from uh, an international perspective. In the Middle East, we are partnered with some of the most prestigious master franchisees in the world. They're excellent partners, Al-Hukair in Saudi Arabia, the Apparel Group, um, and the rest of the Gulf Coast. These are extremely strong partners who have been with us for a very long time. And these these partners have the capacity to open stores still. And, you know, I think that the way the executives at our partners view the current situation is very similar to how our CEO, Francois Robert, sees it in that... Unfortunately, with everything that's going on, there will be some opportunities for us as a as a as a brand uh, to take on locations to improve, you know, current locations. So we haven't closed stores. We've actually opened some stores in Canada and internationally. So we we just opened about four stores in, turn, in uh, across some of our countries in the last two months, and I have uh, five stores opening in the next thirty days internationally. We just opened Fort McMurray in Alberta this week for Lavinia Rose Canada. So what we see is there's, you know, it's a terrible situation, but there is opportunity for, for a brand like uh, like ours. When you also look at the changes that COVID has brought, there are certain things which are working in our favor and which have worked against us, you know. People working from home have tends to be more casual, so we've done very well selling our you know, our bras, our panties, our sleepwear. Conversely, though, through the winter, you know, we're a four-season swimwear retailer. Um, it was a very difficult time for swimwear in the winter um, because, you know, obviously there was an interdiction on traveling. And so, you know, there went a lot of our swimwear sales. We do expect it to be a good swimwear season come this uh, come this summer if the, the vaccination campaigns can uh, get underway. I agree with you. I think um, people are aching to travel again. So if everyone's vaccinated, I think everyone's going to be planning their next trip either to Miami or to uh, somewhere down south and, and warm. 
like last year we had good sales and swim it was you know people staying at home I, I think even if they stay at home people are going to be focused on being outdoors especially in Canada where it's so cold in the winter times and you know a lot of times you're you're indoor to a certain extent but I think there will be a a large chunk of people who regardless of travel or not will still you know it'll still kind of uh, add a bit of fuel to the uh, swimwear sales they'll be at that huge desire because they missed a whole entire summer last year. So to be out on the beach (laughs) and enjoy the outdoors. And I think what's very interesting is if all these stores open and I think, you know, your, your background is very beneficial because being a planner, you know, you learn what's important about like what merchandise to have for each location and, you know, not to over order. So that, that way ensures that everything is a good sell through throughout. So I think that's that's a key element in your training that you had. That that was the you know the, the one thing that we were very careful with was inventory purchases over the last 12 months, even from a, a partner perspective, you know, of ensuring that we were in a good situation and you know the business wouldn't take any kind of markdown provisions. Um so that our partners were healthy from a from a merchandise perspective. Since you did bring up COVID, I would love to learn in some other ways and how your roles adapted because you're managing all these international locations. So I imagine your travel has significantly decreased, but um, also maybe if anything positive has come out other than something pre-sales within the loungewear. Just from, I guess, from like a Livion Rose perspective, I don't want to make any broad declarations for anybody else, but <laughs> it's been a, a, a year since I've been grounded and you know, it's been quite some time since that's happened. And I think at first, we were very much in just a reaction, um, like a reacting kind of uh, zone where, you know, there were problems and we were trying to put out fires, you know, and we were trying to ensure that from a partner perspective, um, everything was stable. Now, what was interesting was that during the initial months of COVID, we had partners who would be closed for, you know, maybe the from March until July. But then we had other partners like in Saudi Arabia where they opened like the 1st of May, I believe. So they were only closed for about six and a half weeks in all. Wow. Also, the way our business is structured is we provide our partners internationally with kind of the, the recipe to execute um, our brand. So, you know, we're providing them with the marketing collateral, we're providing them with the visual presentation, best practices, the sales and operations best practices, and we're also providing them with the merchandise to sell in the stores. So our partners, there was no appetite to stop buying for stores. So, you know, we, we kept on buying uh, merchandise as per usual, and the stores, you know, there was a six and a half week closure period, but then we started reopening slowly. And we were fully open by July 1. So there wasn't a huge lag. Um, I think the biggest pivot for us as a, as a business was, okay, how do we as a business so, you know, give the exact same level of support that we did prior to COVID? So prior to COVID, we had lots of trips internationally, let's say from a sales and operations perspective, yeah. people going into store, giving best practices, you know, doing trainings. So how do we provide that? How do we close that knowledge gap that isn't that is no longer there? I think it's not perfect, 
But what we did was we worked on a on an iterative basis and we started small doing like country visits and improving them, you know, step by step with our partners and saying like, you know, we're going to go on to a Zoom call and, you know, we're going to review the performance of all the styles and, you know, really coming up with uh, an agenda of all the things, you know, we would usually do when we were in market. And and that's a, that's a big pivot though, you know, doing from Zoom to talk about products. Uh, it's it's a huge pivot. And um, for us, the, the, the second biggest thing was like, you know, when could we get out of this perspective of, or get out of this mindset of we're just putting out fires back to like, okay, you know, what's, what's the plan for the next year? Are we opening stores? What, you know, what are the big projects? What online platforms are we targeting? You know, what, you know, how do we increase the customer experience? You know, at, at first we we're just thinking about survival. Then, it, you know, it's like, okay, we need to exit the chaos in a strategic way in a way that's going to help our business. So I, I think, you know, coming to that, um, to that point was uh, was a bit more difficult. It was a bit more nuanced, especially not all partners are, are the same. So when you're dealing with, you know, small businesses and, you know, multiple jurisdictions who are at different sophistication levels, there is, you know, uh, an approach that needs to be catered to each one um, that's, you know, that, that's going through a, an extremely unique situation that's never, frankly, it's never happened before. No, and it's and like you said, you it, each one's different because nuance because everyone was on a different timeline. You know, someone from Dubai as opposed to someone from Canton, Canada. Like it's different dates of reopening, and different dates of of doing order and remerchandising everything. Yeah, and you know, different uh, different priorities for each business. You know, yeah, because someone might still be stuck in a in a different mindset. So you know, I, I it, it required a lot of. Uh, the soft skills on the part of my team to execute and navigate um, through it. But I, I think uh, they did an exceedingly um, good job throughout. Also, I, I think as uh, as part of the executive team at, at Levian Rosa, you know, we had the, the support from everybody in the business, um, you know, to execute on these, these kind of different initiatives. And, um, you know, one of the, the benefits of, of COVID is, you begin to really rely and, you know, understand how strong of a team you have behind you and with you um, during such a challenging time. I think it's reassuring that because I imagine that there's others who have found that during the difficult time that the team wasn't as strong. So I think that's great that you can attest to that Loving and Rose came together, put out the fires and then thought long term. And that's what you need to do. It's interesting. I, I feel like throughout all levels of the business, I felt it was almost this uh, camaraderie of uh, going through the fire together, you know, whether it was the executive team or whether my international ops team or my international buying team that were experiencing kind of this once in a lifetime event. And, you know, how can we help one another to get through it? You know, you know, do you need cross departmental help? Is it like intra departmental help? And, I think that it creates a very strong uh, bond and something to fall back on um, in terms of your relationships with your your coworkers. You know, especially like fashion retail was affected to such a uh, high degree. I, I thought yeah. uh, I thought that was one of the very big positive for the, the business. Now I do want to jump to the in some ways you might say it's the ethos of the podcast, but um, 
since it's called rants and raves, is there anything that you would want to rant or rave about um, one or the other or both as you wish? Well, I, I would like to, uh, to rave about Le'Veon Rose. Um, it's a, you know, I think we have a tremendous brand, tremendous product. Um, we're doing phenomenal things. We have excellent growth. Um, we have a beautiful flagship opening in Kuwait and the avenues um, in, at the end of April. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening. Our, our product has been tremendous for the last seasons. Our, our spring-summer collection um, is beautiful. I would invite everybody to go to our website to uh, check it out, www.levionrose.com. In terms of, uh, in terms of uh, rants, I, I don't have so many rants. I, I tend to be more of a positive person. But sure. I, I guess if you, want, if you want a mini rant, I would say I would, I would love for the COVID to be over for you know, for us to be doing this live next time in New York. Um, and then I, I guess my, 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 uh, my secondary rant as it comes to, uh, you know, retail is, you know, I, I like people to, you know, go back to malls when they feel comfortable, go back to high streets. I think that as retailers, we're putting a lot of work into improving um, omni-channel experiences. And, you know, we hope that our customers, you know, take advantage of that. And, you know, I, I hope to see everybody out and about in summer. You know, it's been a, it's been a difficult year for everybody. Um, and, you know, I, I think everyone's had enough of, you know, March 2020 to, <laughs> I hope for us in Canada, it seems like it'll be like July 1st, 2021. So the, the last, you know, 12 to 18 months has seen its challenges. So. I, I hope that once in our rearview mirror that uh, the, you know, the psyche and the ethos of the last 18 months disappears along with it. I, I, and I think it will. We're, we're seeing the light. It's just it's taking longer to get out of the tunnel and put it in the rearview rear mirror, as you would say. But yeah. it's I, I like, you know, I like your rants and because it's it's something that are things that are more likely out of control. And you know, the rave is showing you know, everything that Lovely and Rose is doing, you know, that's in your control. That's all you can do in life is mitigate risk and act positively with things you can do. Um, so great. As you know, Quebec um, is a sponsor and my love, I don't want to say lovely employer, but my great employer. Um, so can you speak anything about how Montreal and Quebec has influenced you in your career or even Lovely and Rose? I know you mentioned that you know, a lot of your the staff is based in Quebec and you guys are a proud Montreal company, but anything else you'd like to mention? I, I think first and foremost, you know, M Montreal being kind of like, uh, you know, I, I think people don't quite understand how important Montreal has been to the retail world. Um, you know, we have these large retailers which have come out of Montreal, which have grown to become uh, yeah. which have grown to have an international presence. So, you know, Aldo Shoes, Licenza was born in, in Montreal, um, which then got acquired by Victoria's Secret. Um, Le'Veon Rose, obviously, you know, we have these great brands. There's Dynamite Garage as well. There's Arden, um, all, all these uh, incredible brands. So I, I'd say that the influence um, that Quebec and specifically Montreal has had on my career is, is immeasurable. And when it relates to Le'Veon Rose as a, as a brand, um, you know, our head office is directly in front of the Olympic Stadium cool. in Montreal. Cool. And um, 
you know, it's a, it's a company that exudes um, Quebec. Um, our, our CEO, Francois Robert, is a very proud Montrealer. And I, I think that the connections to the, the, the city um, run deep. And I think that people sometimes um, discount the notoriety that Montreal has as a city when we go abroad. Um, I've been fortunate enough to travel um, around the world. And, um, you know, the reputation for the retail and fashion business that's come from Montreal is second to none. And and it's music to my ears that you say that because I think I account your, your account on several times where people will think, oh, you know, Essence, that must be from Italy or France, you know, Aldo, I thought that was an American company, or even I was, you know, Lavigne Rose, they would say, oh, it's a French company. And I think often people forget that they're Montreal, you know, has a huge cluster within the fashion business and, and it is often discounted and forgotten about. So it's great that you're sharing the message of Montreal to everyone that, that you um, meet uh, internationally. That's, 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 you know, just to add on there, there's like a, a, a growing, like second generation of Montreal retailers that have done tremendous things in the last year. Like you mentioned Essence, but there's also like Macage and Moose Nuttles. Yeah. And there's also uh, Psycho Bunny. You know, there's these tremendous retailers who are doing great things um, than before. Yeah, and, and it's keep, it keeps on growing. It's, and I think even just in terms of just Montreal having a strong tech background helps even further because as you mentioned, like Omni is growing. So we need that tech benefit. So Essence has, you know, it's only e-commerce. They only have one store, I think, in Montreal. So it, it's it's really prepared for the future of retail, in my opinion. But I am biased because I work for Quebec. So. Yes, and, you know, it's also, you know, it's a wonderful city that, you know, you know it's a tremendous city it's gorgeous um you know it's always been kind of very fashionable we started with like a manufacturing kind of cluster in the the 50s and the 60s and uh you know i think that spirit continues on today with uh, the success of all these retailers that we just exactly and now you know just to close alex you know um do you have any advice to share to to those in the industry, I think, and, you know, it'd be great for those, my listeners to listen to some words that you might have to share. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but uh, I could just tell you what I've seen work for other retailers. And, you know, I'd say that the most important thing is have a focused idea of, you know, who you are as a brand. You know, when I say that, it's what merchandise are you selling in your stores? Um, you know, I, I, I always, I'm a very, very firm believer that good product gets recognized. Um, so, you know, product has to be exceptional. There's so many options out there. Um, you know, you have to deliver on what you're promising uh, to people. So if you're providing the, the best, you know, a widget, it's got to be the best quality widget for the price out there. Um, so I think it's more important than ever for retailers to have quality product for the price that they're offering because our consumer is so smart and so advanced and has so much information, you know, at their fingertips that it's going to be hard to have recurring revenue with those people if your product and your pricing strategies aren't strong enough. 
anything else. It's like it's great to have really good marketing and it's great. To, but, you know, if your product isn't A1 and it's not delivering on what you promised, it's going to be very difficult to succeed. Um, and then the second bit of advice is I'd say, you know, kind of take uh, technology extremely serious and try to understand um, what your end goal with technology is. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, what is it that you're trying to do when you're building, building out your technology stack? I think that a lot of like early companies and like fledgling companies have an advantage in the sense that they could build their tech stacks um, where, you know, larger retailers who are needing to introduce these new technologies are more limited. So, you know, I think it's important to understand what's the, the benefit, you know, like, are you trying to improve the number of days of shipping to your consumer? Do you want to get down to one to two days shipping times? Okay, so, you know, think of what's needed for that end goal, you know, so I think the end goal always has to be of how do you increase the customer experience, you know, so is it buy online, pick up in store, buy online, return in store, like, what is it exactly that you're trying to accomplish? And then you know, make those tech selections based on the end goal. Um, because at the end of the day, um, like with the product, what you're trying to do with technology is deliver more value to the consumer. And that's, you know, that, that that's the benefit of technology is how are you going to be delivering more value to the consumer? That's, you know, as a, as a retailer, that that's what all these things that, you know, whether it's visual presentation, marketing, sales and operation, you're trying to deliver more value to the consumer. How do you deliver more value? And I and I think that's great advice. You know, as because you know, product is keen. If your product is not good, you know, that's how you're going to lose a customer. And then experience is also keen. So if the experience is not, if you have the wrong technology, it's not. It's going to go to the detriment. So thank you, thank you, Alex. So on that, you know that that ends the conversation. Merci encore, Alex, for your time. And then I look forward to having the next one. Hopefully, at a drink somewhere in New York or somewhere in Montreal. That, that would be excellent. I, we could do both. Just yeah. Hopefully it's in yeah. the summer. Hey, hopefully in the summer, then we could be outside. <laughs> Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. A très bientôt.